people will tell you mothering is just natural and instinctual. And loving your child, of course, is instinctual, but knowing what to do is not. Knowing how to swaddle baby is counterintuitive. In, what? I do it that tight, but not the hips. And I shush that loud. I feel like I'm saying shut up when I go shh to my baby, but oh my God, it worked. So a lot of these things are skills that you learn and they are sometimes counterintuitive. What's normal for human beings actually is the mother didn't hold the baby as much as the next door neighbor's older daughter, you know, who came over and said, Mrs. Jones, can I hold the baby? And, you know, she would have the support of her mother and her aunt and her older sister. And, and the mothers were babied as much as the babies were babied. Uh, in essence, everyone had five nannies in the past. Up until 100 years ago, that was the normal family structure. And now women are told, no, 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 that's you. That's you, 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 your baby needs you, all you, all the time you. Listen, here's an amazing thing about young parents and babies. You won't remember what you ate for dinner last night or what you did last weekend. But if a person brought you a casserole when you were had a one week old baby at home, you will never forget that for the rest of your life. And so employers are recognizing if you take care of young parents, they're going to be so loyal and so committed and, and, and really work hard for you because you help take care of them at the most difficult part of their life, most, most memorable part of their life. This is Take the Day Off, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Splendid Spirit. Women have always taken on the larger share of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities at home. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare sounds familiar? While well, these are absolutely important in keeping our households running smoothly and efficiently, we also know that women, as a result of the uneven, repetitive, and usually unrelenting household chores, endure stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. This podcast is about taking the day off from your personal or professional to-dos and bringing the focus back to you and on what matters most to your personal well-being, indulging in a creative pursuit, or simply getting some sleep. Weekly, we'll check in with you to learn more about what you're doing to take the day off, or simply some take-the-day-off moments. In turn, we will harm you with the resources and know-how to take the day off, rejuvenate, and even better, unplug and get the rest that you deserve. We can only do this if we all do it. We must band together to show our young children and society at large that care matters. I am your host, Blessing Adesignal, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy supply chain and operational excellence leader, and mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Mullen, founder and CEO of Victory PR and mother of two boys. We are here to take the day off with Splendid Spoon. Kim. 
Today, we're joined by Dr. Harvey Karp, one of America's most trusted pediatricians and child development experts. He is the founder and CEO of Happiest Baby, a smart tech and parenting solutions company. Dr. Karp practiced pediatrics in Los Angeles for over 25 years. He is on the faculty of the USC School of Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. His landmark discoveries and unique ability to translate complex science into effective techniques to empower parents have revolutionized our understanding of the needs of young children. Dr. Karp, thank you so much for joining us today. You began your career as a pediatrician back in 1982. We hear so much about how parents today face unprecedented challenges, which frankly, as a mother of myself, sounds about right. Is there anything you can share with us from your experience that might give us some hope or insight as to how we can navigate through these times? Oh my gosh. Well, number one, so good to be with you. Um, a blessing, Andrea. It's a, really a pleasure and thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I guess the world is constantly changing, right? Um, in, in, in many ways, we're going through challenges that we've never had to go through before. Of course, with parenting, in many ways, we're going through the challenges that every parent has gone through, you know, in the millennia of the past with one huge and important difference, which is the relative absence of the extended family. I mean, these days, everyone thinks that the normal family, uh, two parents and a child and maybe a, a few kids. Um, and as a mom or a dad, you should juggle all the balls and that's your, your responsibility and don't complain, you know, <laughs> do your job, take care of your kids, keep your house clean, you know. Um, but that's not what's normal for human beings. What's normal for human beings actually is the mother didn't hold the baby as much as the next door neighbor's older daughter, you know, who came over and said, Mrs. Jones, can I hold the baby? And, you know, she would have the support of her mother and her aunt and her older sister. And, and the mothers were babied as much as the babies were babied. Uh, in essence, everyone had five nannies in the past. Up until 100 years ago, that was the normal family structure. And now women are told, no, 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 that's you. That's you, you, you. Your baby needs you, all you, all the time you. And um, every single molecule from you. <laughs> and, um, and, and of course, that's wonderful. It's the most wonderful experience to nurture your baby and give to your baby. But it's, it, people are running on fumes, right? They, they, they're meant to have support. And yet um, they've been brainwashed to thinking that they shouldn't have support, even in the hospital. In the hospital in the United States and many other countries, you have a baby and then instead of being surrounded by people massaging your feet and cooking you your favorite food, you're told, honey, you're the best for your baby. Hold your baby skin to skin. Um, call us if you need us. See you later. I mean, it's brutal. And, and yet that is this kind of crazy norm that we, we've gotten into in our culture. And Dr. Karp, I'm laughing so hard because I just had a you know, my fourth child and she's one and mm -hmm. the, it just keeps getting worse. I mean, um, my first is 14 and mm -hmm. there's a huge difference between mm -hmm. even just 14 years ago and now, you know, back, you know, in 2009, when I had tire, I mean, it was, there wasn't so much, you know, um, we, we didn't have that pressure of, you have to, I remember them bringing in formula and, you know, basically 
you know, they took the child away for like six hours so I could get some sleep. And mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, baby's here. Here you go. Try. Let's mm -hmm. keep trying. They start pushing and pressing the, you know, your breast for to get the milk out. And, you mm -hmm. know, there's so many people in your face. And I was just like, why, why are we going down this path? Right. Um, mm -hmm. Which is, again, like you said, we're starting to see women are, you know, and of course, even before the pandemic, and I think the pandemic, of course, made it worse. Um, families have been stressed. Um, we are exhausted. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, so many women have fallen into the depth of depression like never before. And, yeah. um, and which leads me to the work that you do. Uh, because when I heard about, you know, your work and your expertise around, you know, supporting, um, you know, empowering parents and providing parents with the tools and the resources that they needed to sort of navigate this early, you know, childhood um, for their kids. Um, I personally, my experience was I had, there was, I couldn't get more than two hours of sleep, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because baby was, you know, I had to feed the baby every two hours is what they told mm -hmm. us now, yep. right? Like you feed the baby every two hours. So I was waking up every two hours in between the baby's also waking up because, you know, and then of course I was also worried, right? Oh my God, mm -hmm. are we going to have SIDS? Is the baby sleeping right? The baby is, yeah. you know, it's, it was just a lot. And so what, and the more what exhausted you are, the more you worry, it just kind of leads you down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. So in your work um, with supporting and empowering parents, what have you seen as the most effective way to support women who are new, especially into motherhood, right? I mean, by the time it was my fourth child, I was like, you know what? Y'all better not. No, I don't have time for that. <laughs> right? right? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. You can go do whatever you need to do, but I am not. I'm going to get some sleep. Yeah. Um, but what is your advice for a new mother right now um, that is, you know, in the middle of all of this? coming well, from your background and your experience can you help us here yeah yeah of course well and, and so kind of what i'm trying to do is some myth busting here and to help people understand kind of like what you're saying you know by my fourth child it's like i'm not going to listen to that doesn't make any sense to me and you have the confidence to be able to follow your instinct um now that's a tricky place because people will tell you mothering is just natural and instinctual and loving your child, of course, is instinctual, but knowing what to do is not. Knowing how to swaddle baby is counterintuitive. In, what? I do it that tight, but not the hips. And I shush that loud. I feel like I'm saying shut up when I go shh to my baby, but oh my God, it worked. So a lot of these things are skills that you learn and they are sometimes counterintuitive. The biggest, the biggest, so I mentioned the huge myth about, you know, the normal family being just the, the nuclear family. It's the extended family and you should get help. And anyone could bring you a casserole or some food or help clean your dishes, you know, take advantage of that and you'll pay them back yeah. in a year or two. Um, and the other big um, crazy, crazy idea is that, um, well, there are three main jobs you have when you have a baby. Feed the baby, calm the crying and get to sleep. If you can do those three things, you feel pretty damn good about yourself. If you fail at any one of those, you feel like you shouldn't have had a baby. What was I thinking? My baby is not gaining weight. My baby is screaming all the time. I can't get a minute of sleep. I'm going to go out of my mind. Those are the things that break you down as a parent. And as, as you said, Blessing, you know, it's led 
and especially recently, it's accelerated in terms of the number of women with postpartum depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive uh, disorder and, and just irritability and mood shifts, um, um, which we know anyone would get when there's only sleeping two hours, you know, in little stretches. Um, but here's the lie. The lie is that, well, there's nothing you can do about helping a baby sleep, right? They're little, they're gonna wake up a lot, they have to eat. Um, and uh, some babies just cry, sometimes for hours a day. And you just have to suck it up and deal with it. And it's gonna get better eventually in four or five, hour, uh, four or five months. And if they're not sleeping well by five or six months, you can let them scream until they turn blue and shut up, you know, and that's called sleep training or sleep education. And that's kind of so in the 21st century where we can put a man on the moon and speak to Lagos in four seconds from the United States, you would think we would figure out how to calm babies and get them to sleep. And it turns out we can. It turns out that we kind of put blinders on ourselves and we weren't really watching babies to learn what's right in front of our nose. And what I mean by that is most parenting books, most doctors will tell you, you just have to wait a few months, babies have to mature, sounds reasonable. Um, but then when you're really breaking down, we whisper a secret. There is a secret magical way that with a baby who's crying and crying or a baby who wants sleep, that you can immediately help them sleep an extra hour or two and cry much less. Drive them in the car all night. And you know what? Um, that works for most babies. Rock in a rocking chair all night. Walk with them, bounce them, put them on top of the dryer with sneakers in the dryer and just boom, 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 you know. And these weird sensations, rhythmic sensations are extremely helpful at getting babies to calm down. And again, women have known this forever in every culture around the world. We rock babies, we bounce babies, we say bouncing baby boys, we shush babies. And in fact, most languages around the world, even most of the languages in Africa, probably at least 80% of the languages, um, well, 100% make a specific sound to say, be quiet. They go, shh, or s, or ps. And they even incorporate those, word, those sounds into the words they use to be quiet, like hush, silence, Stille in German, Sheket in Hebrew, Chuk um, um, in Urdu. Um, it's all around the world because when you go, shh, babies calm down super fast, unless they're hungry or uncomfortable or something like that. Sometimes you have to shush and bounce them and cuddle them and do a few things at once. So that is really the great news for parents. There are simple skills that can make you much more effective. And that's really the basis of this book I wrote called The Happiest Baby on the Block. And it's a video. I don't even recommend the book, to be honest with you. Who reads a 200-page book? And who remembers it anyway? You learn it When you best. have a new baby. Yeah, right. It, I mean, it's a fine book. It's got interesting things in it. But you really learn the techniques by watching this little 30-minute video. Um, we have that on our website. We have trained thousands of educators to teach this in hospitals and clinics and military bases in teen parenting programs. Um, and and the, the key concept is this. Our babies are not ready to be born after nine months. They need a fourth trimester of being in the, in the oven, in the womb, 
Um, and of course, we can't do that. We've got to give birth to them after nine months or a little bit before nine months. And then you spend the next four or five months imitating the womb. So what's it like inside the womb? It's active. It's dynamic. It is a symphony of sensations. The sound is rumbly and louder than a vacuum cleaner. The blood flow. And babies can hear voices as well, but mostly they're hearing the rhythmic flow of the blood in the, uh, in the um, uterine blood vessels. They're constantly bounced and jiggle. Even when you're sleeping, every time you breathe, your diaphragm is pressing down and rocking your baby. And the babies are cuddled super tight. Then we make an enormous mistake when they're born. We put them on the back. The back is not a mistake. That's the right position for them. But we take all of those rhythms away. Put the baby in a dark, quiet room. Everyone be quiet. Leave the baby alone. It's like locking you in a dark closet. Babies don't want that. They want to be held and rocked and churched and cuddled. And so we take away everything that they're used to for sleep the instant that they're born. Um, and we say, you know, tough, tough love, baby. You, I mean, when we go to a hotel, you could sleep on a floor. Do you go to a hotel that doesn't have pillows and beds? Or are you so addicted to pillows and beds that you only go to hotels with, with you know, with beds and mattresses and whatnot? And so, what, you know, why, why do you get those sleep cues? Why do we take them away from a baby right away? Well, we, we haven't had a tool to give them those cues throughout the night until Snoo came along. Um, Snoo is this little rhythmic, responsive baby bed that we made that rocks and shushes babies all night. And when they cry, responds to them like, like your older sister would by jiggling them and shushing them louder and imitating what the most experienced caregivers in the world would do to soothe that baby. And then, and also secures the baby on the back so they cannot roll to a dangerous position. So usually within 30, 60 seconds, the baby is either calmed or they're not calm because if they're hungry or uncomfortable or need a diaper change, this rocking and shushing isn't gonna work for them. So it really helps to soothe the babies that are soothable and help you figure out when your baby needs to be fed or, or that kind of thing. So this is a long-winded kind of monologue that parents need to understand the fourth trimester and understand that if the baby uh, is born early, their job is to be one big walking uterus during the waking hours and give the baby rhythmic, rhythmic motion and sound during the sleeping hours and to learn, to, to, to come to learn the happiest baby five S's so that you become a master, become skillful at, at turning on this blessed reflex that babies have, this calming reflex that you trigger when you do five things that imitate the womb. Swaddling, side stomach position, not for sleep, only the back for sleep, shushing, which is white noise, swinging or rhythmic motion, and sucking. And you, you put those ingredients in the stew, um, and that's the way that experienced parents and caregivers learn to be skillful at calming babies. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free, and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. 
Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box. Wow, I'm I'm blown away. Um, I feel like I need you to be speaking to me after each birth of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminding me of, of everything. Um, I'll be your grandmother. <laughs> seriously. And, you know, I'll let Andrea speak in a minute, but I, I wanted to make sure that we understand the implications of this, you know, expectations that have been placed on, on women especially and how that impacts our careers, how that impacts our ability to remain in the workforce. As you know, mm-hmm. um, women you know, were forced out of the workforce during the pandemic um, because they had to go take care of the, of the family and some men also did leave. Um, but what is more, more, what we've seen even before the pandemic is that when, when women have kids, usually they, a lot of American women, you know, take a step back. And we see this even among ambitious women, right? When we say ambitious women, we're talking about women that are, you know, they've basically sort of flew, flown, you know, through their careers from career professionals to C-level executives. And now they're leaving the workforce because they had kids. And I mm-hmm. almost wonder, Dr. Carr. Yeah, I would just, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but instead of the word ambitious, I might use the word creative, entrepreneurial, you know, um, make the change in the world, mission driven. Correct. So, or even perhaps, you know, women that have been upwardly mobile, right, in their Mm -hmm. careers and to suddenly just stop because Mm -hmm. there's a new, because, you know, perhaps they're not getting enough sleep or the kid is not getting enough sleep and Mm -hmm. now they have to curtail their careers. We hear that a lot within, you know, our community at Mother Honestly, where women have reached out to us saying, I have to leave. I have to leave the workplace right, because right. I need to, you know, focus 100% on this baby. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not useful at work. Um, I am, you know, I'm drowning in all of these different responsibilities. What, what, mm. when, when we, when Snoo was introduced, what were you hearing from women about how this has impacted their ability to remain in the workplace? Oh, it's been enormous. I mean, it's everything that you're saying, you know, women, um, uh, so there's so many women in the workforce compared to 20, 30 years ago. But when you have a baby, about a third of new mothers are just torn and they're struggling, juggling all the balls. And so what happens so often is that um, that they have to um, take a leave of absence for a year or two or sometimes longer because they're so... Listen, we use sleep deprivation and the sound of crying babies over loudspeakers to torture political prisoners, to train our special forces to endure torture. So it's really, really hard for parents night after night after night dealing with that, for anybody to deal with that. Um, Now, having and especially when you're tired after nine months of pregnancy and going through labor and delivery. What SNU is, is is giving parents uh, an assistant to help them to be in the house 24 hours a day to be supportive. Now, if you were to hire a babysitter for one hour a day, it would cost $20. Oh 
on average in the United States, $20 an hour for a 19 year old to come in your house and hold your baby while you cook dinner. Snoo is, it's kind of expensive to buy it. It's about $1,600 to buy it, which is way out of the range for so many people. Um, um, uh, If you average that cost over six months though, which is the use period of Snoo, turns out to be about $9 a day. So it's much cheaper than even a half hour of a babysitter's time. But people in the United States can rent yeah. Snoo for about $5 a day, which is, pre- it's, it's a friggin' Starbucks to have a 24-hour yeah. help. Um, and so what does that mean? It means that the parents can put the baby down. The baby is being rocked and shushed all night. And, um, and even when the baby wakes in the middle of the night, the bed will respond to the baby with more rocking and shushing and helping that baby get an extra hour or two of sleep. We've proven that now. We've measured over 400 million hours of sleep. This has won more awards than any baby product in history. It's even in the Smithsonian Institution, America's museum, as an iconic advance for the 21st century. We're in 150 hospitals. Each bed in the hospital yeah. reduces nurse labor four to five hours a day. So, um, so for working moms, what's happening now, and working dads for that matter, um, Thousands of them get a snoo for free. The employers give them a free six-month rental to support them as a, as a wellness benefit because they want to keep people loyal, healthy, and well-rested so they can yep. go back to work. And we are working to a point where everyone will get a free snoo. That's our goal. Amazing. Working with Medicaid, with insurance companies, with employers, just the way people have access to breast pumps. Because... That's American family. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, it's that's why, I mean, I'm almost 71. Yeah. I was retired. My wife and I started this company for two reasons. Number one, because parents are so stressed out and we figured we could do something to help them. And number two, because of sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. 3,500 babies die every year in the United States. Most of those are preventable deaths when the baby roll over to the stomach or brought into bed with their parents. Um, Snoo secures babies on the back so they cannot roll over. And by improving sleep, they make it makes it much less likely that you accidentally fall asleep with the baby in bed with you. And so yeah. now Snoo is the first device ever um, designated as a breakthrough by the Food and Drug Administration, the That's FDA. Amazing. Yeah, so we're super excited that is amazing. about reducing that risk as well. And last point about postpartum depression, two studies that were done this year, they're now submitted for publication, that showed that by improving sleep, reducing crying and giving parents support, we've been able to, in these two studies, substantially reduce the incidence of postpartum depression. And now we're gonna be doing more studies to to demonstrate that. So our goal is to be able to support the family in all of these ways and not just stop the bad things, but create parents who feel successful and competent and bonded to their babies because they, they feel like they're doing such a good job. That's amazing. Um, Dr. Karp, before we wrap up, I know we're getting to the end of our time together. I just wanted to go back to something you said, which is that the mothers were babied as much as the baby back in, you know, generations past. It sounds Mm -hmm. like all of what you're sharing really does do just that, you know, cares for the mother as well. Um, As we sort of like parting thoughts, 
how do you, and you know, for all of our listeners who may or may not know this, I didn't know this until researching you for this, this interview, um, despite having read your book as a new mom myself, uh, you run your business with your wife and your daughter. So, you know, just some parting thoughts. How can we aspire to care for the moms in our lives and encourage them to prioritize themselves as well? So working moms for sure, but moms across the board. Yeah, we have to do that. And moms and dads, I really want to expand that. I mean, men get postpartum depression yep. as well and anxiety, not as commonly as women, of course. So I think what we're learning is community is the medicine. You, you, no one does this on their own. You know, the, the, the African saying that it takes a village to raise a child, it really does. And it takes a village to raise a mother as well, to, to give her support, to, to give her guidance, to give her education, to help her be prepared. Because listen, it's so weird that we take care of babies. So many people have babies. They never held a baby in their life. That, that never happened in human history. You took yep. care of your eight or nine brothers and sisters and 30 cousins before you had your own baby. So it felt automatic to you. But so many people are smart and educated, which is great, but they've never held a baby before. And so they, and they've never taken care of a toddler before. They have to learn that all and learn those skills. So ask for help, be open. You're not, um, uh, you're not a burden on people. People love to help and then you will help them. Then you'll pass it forward after that. Part of our culture is to break down the silos between each one of us living in our hermetically sealed little apartment or house and yeah. get out into the common square and be helpful to each other. I think that that's really the direction we have to go in. That's amazing. And I think that's what so many, I know, you know, for myself, blessing, that's what you've provided so many of, so many working moms. So it's really very, very, you know, it's a privilege to be part of this conversation with both of you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Can I say one, one last thing here, which is that we're talking about babies and babies. Listen, those first six months can be super hard, but you're going to get through it. One way or another, you're going to get through it. But between eight months and six years of age, you've raised a person. And I always joke with parents, you know, spend five hours less watching Game of Thrones or Crown and five hours reading a good book about raising toddlers because there's a lot to learn and a lot of it's counterintuitive. Um, I have a book called The Happiest Toddler on the Block. There are many other good toddler books as well. Um, but reach out and get some, get some extra learning in there because that is how you're going to build a child who's patient, cooperative, and emotionally resilient. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carp. This this was um, this was amazing. I appreciate you championing women, um, supporting families, and elevating care in the workplace. I mean, I think that is absolutely phenomenal to take this as a solution to the workplace um, because this is one of the many ways that employers can truly demonstrate their commitments to families, not just women, even men that have babies, right? Everyone <laughs> Every listening, absolutely. Everyone right. listening, have your employer contact us. We would love to make it available for them. This is going to be something that everyone is going to have access to. That's what our goal is. That's what we're working so hard to do. And the employers can do it immediately. We just signed that. We have JP Morgan and Snapchat and Under Armour and 
all sorts of big companies, consultancies, law firms, manufacturers. This is really a trend because the employers recognize that if they, listen, here's an amazing thing about young parents and babies. You won't remember what you ate for dinner last night or what you did last weekend. But if a person brought you a casserole when you were had a one week old baby at home, you will never forget that for the rest of your life. And so employers are recognizing if you take care of young parents, they're going to be so loyal and so committed and, and, and really work hard for you because you help take care of them at the most difficult part of their life, most, most memorable part of their life. And so, um, so we're, we invite people, you know, send us information on our Instagram or um, at happiestbaby.com. And we'd love to be engaged with employers to help get them on board with this. Absolutely. I mean, our mission at MH, just to close, our mission at MH is beauty and caring workplaces. And, mm -hmm. you know, what that means is, you know, elevating the conversation, um, you know, providing, um, you know, shedding more light and bringing people like you on to talk about solutions that exist, solutions that give us hope and optimism. Thank you so much, Dr. Cap. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, joining myself. And Thank you so much. For Thank you so much. Bye-bye. As a working mother of four, juggling my own business with the needs of my family has often led to deprioritizing myself and my own health. I need time back, but it's a struggle to decide what to outsource without replacing it with guilt. That's why I am so glad to have found Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon brings me nourishing, delicious, healthy, veggie-filled meals that are ready when I am. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code Honestly, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y, to receive $50 off your first box.